Hey guys, welcome back. Excited to be back and I'm actually a little sad because today is going to be my last podcast episode from Huntington Beach, California. Actually, um, a couple days left here and we're going to be heading out to Fiji for the Isogenics Top Achievers Conference. Never been to Fiji. Very, very excited and I can't wait to report back on some of the things we do there. You can check our social media because I'm sure we'll be posting some, some great pictures and videos and stuff when we get there. So that's exciting. But today I have a very special treat for you. And the treat is that I was a guest on the Closing Deals in Heels podcast with Kelsey Sores, and she is a fantastic interviewer. We had her on the podcast here about a month ago, and I got to be on her podcast, and she was great. She was asking about building wealth and multiple streams of income and how to build residual income, and we talked even about Web3 and cryptocurrency, NFTs, and all the current events that are taking place right now. So I'm going to rebroadcast that episode right here, right now, so you can hear that. Feel free, pass it on to the people that you love and care about. Let them get a taste of what we're doing here at The Family Business. And we look forward to seeing you on the other side when we get back. Take care. Are you ready to turbocharge your financial IQ? Hey friends, my name is Murray Miller and I want to welcome you and your family to The Family Business Podcast where every episode is designed to keep you focused and on track to live a life free of financial stress, worry and fear. Would you like to know the exact powerful money strategies that not only our immediate family has implemented, but also our extended family of thousands and thousands of people around the world? Well, then let's get on with it and let's begin building a financial wall around your family. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. We are back with another amazing episode of Closing Deals in Heels. I am your host, Kelsey Suarez. And today our guest is powerhouse Murray Miller, who is the host of Family Business Podcast. So I was honored to not only have him on today, but for the first 20 minutes of our, our session here, where I was able to pick his brain a little bit more. And we all know surrounding ourselves with others who are ahead of ahead of us in life. Let's be honest. You know, we need to have mentors that can lead us through the woods sometimes and, and pave that path and take a machete out and sometimes chop it through. We all need that. And so Murray is a financial sh- strategist, entrepreneur, author, speaker, and business coach, you know, and no one understands better than Murray that developing multiple streams of income is a key component to independence and freedom living. And you guys know, in, in just knowing me and knowing this podcast, that is what this is about. This is about creating new levels and being able to see from new mountaintops. So Murray, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. What a great introduction. Thank you. So let's start here. Um, I want to just kind of introduce where your focus is right now and tell us a little bit more about what you mean in regarding, you know, building a strategic wealth plan by building residual income and how it really helps people in reaching their financial goals. Absolutely. So for many years, um, you know, I've been an entrepreneur, business owner, both in traditional online businesses, um, been uh, in the financial services arena. I've sold businesses, real estate, so on and so forth. And what I've come to realize 
is that in order to really be successful and be able to enjoy the, the fruits of your labor, if you will, you need to create an income that goes on with or without your efforts after a period of time. So we started our podcast. We're in our third season now of the Family Business Podcast, and all we talk about is residual income. I actually um, wrote a, a book, an ebook called "The Eight Sources of Residual Income." We talk about all the different sources, how to you know get yourself synergistic with one of them that makes sense for you, that fits into your lifestyle and the things that you're passionate about, and how. If you just have that mindset, you know, they say what you focus on, you find. If you focus on something that you're very, very excited about and how to build that into a passive income stream, you will be surprised how you can you can turn things around. I've helped many business owners that had no idea they could build in a residual component to what they did, like a law firm that was very transactional or a mortgage company, very transactional in nature or, um, you know, even, a, you know, a, a a plumbing business. How do you turn that into a residual business? And you can do it through creating a maintenance program, for example, or creating a, a you know, a, an online subscription or membership to something that you've got the knowledge for that people would gladly trade you their money for your knowledge because it will help them do the things that they need to do successfully. Mm. And, you know, this is a place where I, you know, Mary, I know you're very modest and, and also you guys have built an incredible empire. I want to give a shout out to your beautiful, amazing wife, Susan, who runs one of the top teams over at Isogenics. And um, with with your help, you know, this is a power couple I'm talking about. Like when I say I look up to what you guys have accomplished and built is an understatement. Can you share from a from numbers, volume, statistics, factual perspective, like what are some of the numbers we're talking when we talk about some of these residual paths that you've built for a second, if you're comfortable sharing that with us? Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. So let's talk just about network marketing. That is, it is definitely one of my favorite forms of residual income. It's one of the eight sources that I talk about in the ebook. And by the way, you can, all your listeners are more than happy to uh, go to our website and download the ebook for free. We don't charge for it. So people can just read it and get their, you know, get their feet wet with the whole idea behind it. But with um, Susan and she is, a, she's a monster producer. She is very, very passionate about isogenics. And as you know, we met through my daughter, Chelsea, who is crushing it in isogenics as well, um, building a tremendous team. And basically what it is, is the, um, the residual side of isogenics is that when people start using the product that really changes and impacts their health, um, and they get a positive response from the way that people perceive them, the way that they look, the way that they feel, the energy that they have, they don't want to let that go. So they want to continue to use that product. And as you, as you start to build that network with network marketing, you know, everybody can talk to other people about that. We all have influence over a certain number of people and those people can share the information with other people. And it's all done through, you know, like an Amazon type shopping. Everyone has their mobile phone and you can purchase and change your subscription and do all those things. And over a period of time, Kelsey, it's absolutely unbelievable how this grows on an exponential level because mm -hmm. it's turned into over 150,000 customers around the globe that are ordering this product on a regular basis, some every week, some every month, some, you know, sporadically throughout the year. But all of those purchases get piled into 
um, your um, online store mm -hmm. and you can see it in real time at any time. You can go online and you can see, you can get a pulse on what's going on in your business that particular day or that particular week or that particular hour. And you can follow it and you can see that a small percentage of all those purchases are going to you and it adds up to a big number um, in Susan's case, millions and millions of dollars over a period of time. And it all starts with surrounding yourself with the right people, right? And when you have an army who believes in what you believe, who you're able to go out and replicate yourself and those teachings and the confidence. And um, if you guys listen to my podcast with Nausicaa, right, she's on this team and she's experiencing massive, massive wealth and freedom and fulfillment and personal development. It's just, it's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. Um, so that's the point right there, Kelsey, is that people like mm -hmm. Nafsika, um, Nafsika works for herself. She doesn't work for Susan or Chelsea or anyone else. Um, she's a leader in her own right, building a tremendous team. And because that's, that's the residual side of it, because Nafsika is building her own business. A small piece of that goes to Chelsea and a piece of that goes to Susan. And the same thing goes true for all the leaders that are on Nafsika's team. That's how network marketing can turn into a residual income stream and why it's so exciting. One of the things that's different about network marketing than some of the other sources of residual income that I talk about in the book is that it's very low startup cost. So you're not breaking the bank when you get involved. It's uh, uh, as Chelsea likes to say, it's sort of the baby pool of entrepreneurship because you have nothing at risk other than trying the products yourself, which have money back guarantee. You're just putting out a few hundred dollars just to try the product. And then you have the opportunity, the upside potential of building a huge business with it. Right. You don't have boxes of inventory at your house that you have to sell and you're not hosting parties in, in people's houses. I mean, this has become today's right. generation of that's of old massive, <laughs> massive wealth. All right, cool. So that's the isogenics lane. What other lanes? So there are, there are several of the lanes. I mean, um, some of them, like on the eight sources of residual income that I talk about, and these are, I think the main eight sources, they, they break down into three categories. And the categories are basically either need skills, influence, or money to make them work. And in terms of skills and influence, um, you know, you have network marketing, which basically is influence, affiliate marketing, which is sort of uh, influencer marketing, if you will. And we're all familiar with that um, because of social media, you know, people that have um, very high profiles that have that are public figures. They may have 100,000, 200,000, a million, three million followers, something like that. And if they endorse something with their influence, and people go out and buy it, that's affiliate marketing, and they're able to earn percentage of that. Same with network marketing, as we just discussed. Um, and then you have um, another source of residual income is, as I talked about in the very beginning, is a traditional business that you can turn into a residual income screen, uh, stream. And that does take a skill set. I mean, you have to learn that. One of the things that people ask me all the time, can you show me how, I, I'm not a business person, I'm an employee, or I, I work for a company, how do I break out of that world and into, you know, from the corporate world into the uh, entrepreneurship world? If you have the desire, and this may sound cliche, but if you have the why, if you have the driving force behind you, you can do anything because we can put a blueprint in front of you and say, this is, this is how to be successful in XYZ business, but you've got to have the drive, right? You, you've got to be the person that maybe isn't working nine to five, but five to nine to get it off the bat. And, uh, and, and to get it going. And, and that takes a little bit of uh, gumption on that, on the part of the individual and uh, a vision of where you want to go with it. 
And, you know, like you said, creating that army of just happy customers, team members, uh, you know, clients and so on and so forth, which will help it become successful. Um, then the final thing is, you know, there are ways to build residual income and you, they say money makes money, right? And your husband, G, he, he knows all about this with real estate, which is obviously one of the sources of residual income that I talk about in the book. Um, also with um, cash value life insurance, most people don't know the tremendous value that you can get at the tax efficiency and the compound growth that you can get out of a, a, a compounding uh, whole life or a universal life, or my favorite is an indexed universal life because it has a lot of upside potential and not necessarily any of the downside risks because of the way that they're set up. So these are places that you can take a portion of what you're earning. And I always say, pay yourself first, you know, make sure you're, you're, you're taking a small percentage of your paycheck, at least 10% and paying yourself first, not last, which is what most people do. And whatever's left over goes into your savings. If you have any left over, Pay yourself first, make that 10%. And I like to get people all the way up to thinking 30, 40% of what they're making, putting it away and putting it into these types of investments that can compound and grow over a period of time and turn into something truly special that can turn into a residual income that's very tax efficient. Um, the same goes for stocks, bonds, gold, silver, cryptocurrency, NFTs, all of these things that carry a little more risk than what I was talking about with maybe real estate or life insurance, but have potential that you can invest into over a period of time with a small percentage of what you earn. Mm. You know, when I think about the, the, the risk, right? Cause that's where people's minds first go, right? What is my, what is my risk versus my reward and having someone to lead you through this and really break it down because there's, I'm sure more questions that come up throughout the process. Um, but it's starting. And I think about all the time and energy it takes to, at the end of the day, recruit and build into your team, right? The, the company that you're building, the network marketing lane that you're in, the, you're just always, oh, I think of ABC, always be closed and always be recruiting. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be putting yourself out there into this discomfort 24 seven and face failure, face rejection. But at the same time, that reward is so much larger than your doubts and your fears. So one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, you have all these multiple businesses and we all think about, we have to dedicate the appropriate time for each thing right? Each thing needs its own massaging. Each thing needs its own time, attention, love, energy. So how are you managing your time in order to really market and build each business? Like if I, if I'm starting with one or two or three businesses, and then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wow, I want to get up to, to eight, right? How does that time play and affect? And what are some of those key um, ingredients that you would say you need to really help shift the weight between all of them? I love that question. It's a great question. Most people don't understand how many people that are very successful have multiple streams of income. You know, it's been said that the average millionaire has gone broke two or three times before they made it. And the average millionaire has more than three or four or seven or eight streams of income. And that's probably true. Um, for me, I mean, I could tell you that, you know, just having a positive mindset and, you know, making sure you manage your calendar properly is, you know, it's important and it is, but that's not really the key to it. I think the key to it is loving what you do, building things that are synergistic with one another. 
Example, when I had my college planning firm, I ran a national college planning firm. I built it up over a period of time, started local in Massachusetts where I lived and worked. I built it up. I worked with a couple of high schools and I did, you know, classroom auditorium style um, recruiting for clients to see how they could pay for college in the most advantageous manner. And then it grew into where I was helping people with their kids' choices for college. And then I started helping people with the test prep for SAT and ACT tests. And it was working synergistically. They were kind of micro businesses within the college planning business. Then people wanted help with the financial aid. They wanted to figure out if, can you help me fill out these papers? I don't know how to do it. I don't, I don't even do my own taxes. These financial aid documents are worse than taxes. So we started a service to help them with their financial aid. Then we started helping them with the funding side of it. And we talked about this offline just before we started um, going live here that we had, uh, you know, a lot of people tapped into the equity in their home. So we had resources for them to use their equity and use the tax advantages that come along with that. So all of those things work synergistically together. And some of them were separate where I had separate people working for it in separate companies. One of them was a financial services company. One was a college planning company. I actually talked about starting a nonprofit with you or the American Scholastic Foundation, which was something that helped fund the, uh, the people that couldn't pay for college, but had the grades to get in there. And we, we started that company and still around today since uh, the 1990s. So it's been around for a long time. This is, all, you know, it, it just, it, it seemed like a lot when you saw all the different uh, corporations and, and the taxes and all that other stuff, but literally they all work synergistically with one another. And the mm -hmm. same thing goes for when you're building residual. Um, I mean, talk about your, your husband, G he's got a, a terrific real estate mind, right? And he's into the real estate business. You're on the other side, you're into the mortgage business. They're synergistic. So I'm sure the conversations around your dinner table are pretty interesting, right? With all the different deals that you guys are working on together. And Never that's how you Never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment is right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's cool because, I mean, that's one just kind of side bubble that pops into my head, right? Like having a partnership with your team, with your spouse, whoever it may be, that is your rock, is your support system. You have to have somebody that's not fighting your big ideas and who is encouraging them and, and telling you, hey, let's just try different things because if we don't try, we never find out. And you're so right. I, I've read so many books. I've heard so many stories. I've interviewed so many millionaires and, and, and slowly working into the billionaire row mindset as well, right? All of them failed in the beginning, multiple mm -hmm. times. They fall flat on their faces. And it's mm -hmm. like, you have to have that mentality and an expectation that it's not, it's not overnight, but it's a slow build. And that's when I think about some of the tax advantages and ways that you're able to invest in yourself first, right? When you're on an airplane, they're teaching you when that mask comes down, you got to take care of you first and not necessarily go help the others around you first, take care of you. Then you can successfully help others around you. I love that analogy. I, I absolutely love that. It's it's so true. I mean, in, in business, if you're not taking care of you first, how can you take care of anyone else? Um, when I stopped and thought about it in, in my quiet moments about the number of people that I employed and the number of um, advisors that I had on the team and the, uh, the number of clients I had, it became overwhelming. I just had to get my head out of that and just keep doing what I was doing because it made a lot of sense. And there's there's a time to grind and just, you know, just kick ass, work your business as hard as you possibly can. But if you if you keep your eye on the ball, which is 
for me was creating a residual income. You know, how am I going to, how am I going to turn my college planning business, which was transactional? People would hire us, pay us a fee and we would do the, the work for them. And I was able to turn that around. It took me three or four years to figure out the exact model, but I was able to create a membership or subscription mm-hmm. so that people wanted their financial aid documents filed every year. They, it wasn't like, you know, you could do it once and you're done for the whole four years of college or however long you're in college. You had to file them every year, just like you do your taxes. So we created a subscription to allow that to happen. So they paid a monthly fee gladly. And they kept paying it as long as they had a kid in college. So that created a residual aspect to my business, which made it a, a lot more palatable knowing who I could hire, you know, what I could do, how I could expand because I had this, this recurring income that was already built into the, to the company that just took some time and effort to think it through on how I could provide something that people would gladly pay for. Not to mention all the parents that they referred you out to and said, Hey, you know, you're struggling with this too. I've got a guy. And when you have that amazing deliverable experience for someone, it's just, it comes back to you like a boomerang. There's nothing like raving fans. Obviously, that's going to be the key to success in any business. Um, You know, you're not going to be able to please everyone all the time, but you do your best to please the ones that you can. At one point, and I don't know if you were in the mortgage business when we had the crash back in 2008, if you were were around at that point. Well, when that happened... Oh my gosh, there was no money to be had. So the, the, the student loans weren't being fulfilled. People didn't have the equity in their house because the market had crashed. Mm-hmm. So we had to, we had to figure out, because I, I started business in 2000 with that company. So we were right in the middle of it when that happened in 2007, 2008. And what I did was, and now I look back at it and say this was pretty smart, but at the time I had no idea that it was going to turn out this way. I literally raised the bar. I increased our prices almost double. Wow. And the reason I did that is because I had so many people working for me and there were so many people coming in through that revolving door that I felt like we weren't doing as good a job as we could have done with people, number one. And number two, I don't think we were helping all the people that we could help the most. So we had to better define our client base that we that we knew that we could make an impact on their college planning and increase the price. So we took on less customers, did a better job, made more money, and the company continued to grow through that uh, that bubble that we went through for a oh couple of years. Oh, my gosh. Two things you bring up, right? So number one, thinking – I just had this conversation with my husband the other day at the dinner table, speaking about our dinner <laughs> table conversations. I have talked to more loan officers and branch managers in, in the mortgage business who have gone through that time period, and not only some of them lost everything – some of them had their their most thriving moments, but a lot of them experienced massive struggle. And I will tell you, all of them proudly tell their stories because the ones that are still in it to this day survived. And looking back, you're like, wow, you know, I was able to really climb through this time period. And almost 99% of the time when you're stuck in a situation and you're just making a game time decision, you're going off your instinct, you're going off your gut, you're going off of your experience. It's the right move. And you will never know unless you look back. So I want to remind us all like being in those moments where you've got your, some tough decisions to make, all that matters is that you're making the decision and you're able to sit there and, and, and also advise with others. And I think about, you know, just, your coaching experience, right? I understand you coach people and just for clarification for our audience, 
you know, are you coaching them on growing their finances that they currently have or coaching them to branch out and explore building passive income? What does that look and feel like? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Actually, both. I mean, when I have a conversation with someone, they'll find our podcast um, or find us on social, whatever. We're kind of focused on Instagram right now because that seems to be where people love to have conversations. And they'll reach out and say, you know, I want to do this or I want to do that. I want to build a residual income or I want to talk about real estate or I want to, you know, I heard a podcast that you talked about network marketing or you talked about the index universal life insurance. How would that work for me? So I, I just give people the opportunity to tell me what it is that they're looking for. And then I'll put them down that path because I have experience in all of those areas. That's why it was so easy to write that book because I've experienced mm -hmm. all those different areas of residual income. Now, for most people, no one's going to go out and do all eight. I, I mean, not right off the bat anyway. I have my fingers in a lot of them. I would say three or four of the eight sources are my main sources of, of income and where I spend most of my time. But you can be involved in, in many different streams of income, many different areas. And that's what I do. I just I'll, I'll ask people what it is that they're looking for. And, uh, you know, just do a lot of listening. That's, I, I think, the key to success in any kind of a um, a sales or coaching situation is to listen to what people want and then see if you can provide it for them. Mm. When you take, you know, what you love and what you're good at and you monetize it, I mm. mean, it, it's only the natural laws of, of reciprocity and also just the ability for us to be in our strange zones, our zone of genius. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. It's going to just unravel and unfold in, in, in all the right directions. Um, I just think activity, activity, activity. So I want to talk a little bit about how you, and it's funny because I've talked to, to Chelsea, your daughter, about this a lot. And I'm assuming she's picked your brain a lot on this. And I know our audience knows somewhat about this, this world to different levels. But how do you see Web3 and cryptocurrency and NFTs changing the game in the future? Um, you know, should we be paying attention to this market to help us develop these new streams of income um, with the way the market is today? Like, what are some of your opinions? What what would you say um, somebody looking to get involved in that should really look for? I love that question, too. That's a great one because people are curious. Um, Web3 is here. I mean, it is coming, whether we like it or not. Web2 is everything that we we're, we're familiar with now, like LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, you know, Amazon, all that stuff. That's all Web2. Web3 is taking it to the next level, right? And we see companies like Facebook, which is now Meta, that is focused 100% in the metaverse, um, where they want it. They they see the future of um, you know the population using the metaverse in order to transact business. Um, NFTs is something when I first learned about NFTs, I actually learned from my, my 20, 21 year old son at the time, 22 now. Um, and he got into it and he was explaining it to me and actually borrowed some money from me because he wanted to invest in it. And over a period of eight or nine months, he 10 X the investment. And I was like, okay, I need to pay attention to this. Cause I just thought it was like artwork that was digital. I had no idea there was real world utility behind these NFTs, these non-fungible tokens. So I immersed myself in it. I went to a conference. Uh, I took Chelsea with me to this conference that we went to. It was huge um, that Gary uh, Vaynerchuk put on, Gary V. And it was, uh, wow, my mind opened to a lot of different things, like what an author can do with an NFT and what a, um, you know, a recording artist can do with an NFT and how it can change the game because you can own it. Um, there are 
many different ways to make money in, in the in the world of cryptocurrency. It's just in its infancy mm-hmm. right now, and there has been some um, there's been some bad actors that have been involved in the industry. So it's a turnoff for a lot of people. And and then there's the banks and the traditional stock house, stock brokerage houses are somewhat, I think, intimidated by it. Although I'm starting to see a shift. As a matter of fact, I have a Fidelity account and I just got an email from Fidelity saying they're now going to be offering cryptocurrency in their retirement accounts. I'm like, okay, wow. we're seeing the shift happen. They're first, they're, first they're fighting it. Now they're saying, okay, wait a minute. This has some legitimacy to it. Let's see if we can flush it out and see what's going to happen. So there is cryptocurrency is can't be ignored. We're going to see digital coins all over the world, including in the United States, not necessarily a cryptocurrency, but we're going to see digital coins. We're going to see the cash system slowly going away and disappearing. So I, I see that if you don't understand it, you need to start to embrace it and learn about it. There's plenty of things to do. I, I've done, I, I, I don't know half a dozen podcasts on it. And every time I do, it's one of the most um, listened to podcasts that I have because people are curious yeah. um, how you can do it, how you can create a residual income with it and how you can, uh, you know, uh, invest for the future with cryptocurrencies. And it's possible. And I don't want to focus on doom and gloom, but what I do want to focus on is if we don't embrace it, if we do get left behind, if as a business owner, as an investor, mm. as a um, somebody who's, income is truly tied to the market. What happens if we don't embrace this? Like, what are some of the consequences you could see happening? What are the risks? What are the things that um, would lead to, you know, really being kind of left in the dust with it? Well, the good news is it's in its infancy, even though it's been around for, you know, over 10 years. It's just a it's just a speck of time compared to how long we've been utilizing money and, and using that as an exchange to you know, use it for goods and services. And we're going through an upgrade. Everything is changing. We're in a digital world right now. Every Everything is completely different than it was. I mean, the internet, for for example, is it only started in 1995. I mean, it does. It seems like it's been around forever, especially for someone like your, your age, your, your, the millennials, they grew up with it, right? It was, you know, you had, you had brought, you were brought up basically in, in the digital world. So um, you don't want to be left behind with it. You want to embrace it. You want to go to reliable sources to understand what it is. There's plenty of courses out there that you can take. There's plenty of YouTube videos. Um, just be careful. You know, it's, it's like anything else. You have to learn it. Go slow. Um, the system is being regulated slowly. Um, you know, uh, right now it's not under huge regulation, but we are going to see more regulation. And I think when that happens, people will feel more comfortable. Some people feel comfortable. It's like the Wild West. They they don't want the government involved in cryptocurrency until something happens, maybe where they lose money or they can't get to it. And they're like, okay, now there's no one to call or talk to because it's not regulated. So we're starting to see more regulation come in. I think that's going to just continue in the future. So um, the best advice is just embrace it. Open up your mind to it and start to learn about it because it's a whole new world and it's fun and it can be very profitable as well. Mm-hmm. I have, we have a couple of, um, of NFTs and I'd love to get creative with them too. There's so many different kinds and it's, uh, it's cool. I've, I've learned more from my husband about it. That's more his wheelhouse, but you know, embracing these times. And I am thankful that, you know, I, 
I didn't get my first cell phone until I was 15. <laughs> and it was, you know, just a do 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 ringtone, <laughs> flip phone. You know, we lived, we got to live our childhood without that world as well. And so I think we have a very good balance of, of both. We were just talking about this last night, actually, at the dinner table, which is really weird that we keep bringing up these topics. <laughs> you there? Were you tuning in? Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, because we really, um, we have to, again, just being able to step out of our comfort zones and learning learning the world today. And it's spinning and it's happening and it's coming and there's no stopping it. So right. either embrace it or miss the boat. Um, powerful, yeah. powerful stuff. So right now, and, and one thing I admire about the lifestyle that you and Susan have built, right? Like, tell us about some of your travels. Tell us about some of the fun stuff you guys are up to. I mean, I know you spend periods of time living in different cities and different places of the country and you're, you know, you guys have this wonderless spirit and you have this, you know, you want to go somewhere, let's pick up and go and we can do our jobs from anywhere. That's the kind of lifestyle people really dream about. How have you guys made that your reality? And what are some of the mindset training behind the disciplines of, you know, sometimes being on a vacation, but also working like that love for work-life balance? Well, I think that one of the things that was really important to us was that whatever businesses we had would not be location dependent. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one of the, one of the reasons that I was very motivated um, to sell my college planning business uh, four or five years ago now uh, was because it was location dependent. And I was looking to break out of that and do something that would allow me to travel and embrace, um, you know, different cultures. And my wife, my wife's got the wanderlust. That's where Chelsea gets it from. <laughs> they love to travel. And uh, yeah, I, I just, I go along for the ride, grab a hold of those coattails and enjoy it. And you can do anything with this laptop lifestyle that we have now or the mobile phones and um, so on and so forth that we can build a business and continue to build it like UNG, pick up and go to Florida next week. You're going to be able to do your business from there just like you would anywhere else. So that was real important for us. So we've traveled around the world. Um, Chelsea's traveled around the world. Susan has traveled around the world. We continue to do that. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And, you know, you, you can just enjoy um, many different parts of life when you're able to travel and, and not have to worry about where, uh, you know, where the next paycheck is coming from. And what a cool season you guys are in now, getting to travel and work with your kids, right? And being able to oh, pass awesome. on all the teachings that you have created for yourselves and, and securing their futures. That's, uh, I think that's the greatest gift of all, right? Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. Uh, if you could have been a, a fly on the wall back in the day when we had Chelsea living here and Justin, our dinner table was pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, there was, there were some great conversations going around and I was just like, this is, this is, the, this is the, the best life you could possibly imagine having your kids, uh, when they grow up and become young adults to, uh, be part of everything that you're doing. It's so cool. And it's so cool how I met Chelsea. You know, she's, we got tagged on the same Facebook comment page and that's cool. Chelsea meet Kelsey y'all should meet next thing you know I'm like Starbucks 9am tomorrow she's like yep see you there girlfriend <laughs> and boom she was in my wedding you know she's one of my my dearest soulful sisters we're both cancer horoscopes we we understand each other on a soulful level and it's it's really powerful and here we are so thank you for just pouring into our audience there's so Absolutely. much here um, friends, listen, Murray's contact info. If you're interested in, in learning more, um, from him, we do encourage you to, to head over to his podcast, The Family Business with Murray Miller and visit his website, The Family Business 
info. Um, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to you on any level, you mentioned many of the different levels and advice that you give and businesses you help build and from a network marketing perspective. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience that we didn't get to cover today? No, this was great. I, I want to tell you, I appreciate so much you and uh, you, you have me on the podcast and yeah, your, your audience, I'm sure will be, um, very happy to uh, to learn a little bit more about how they can build their own residual income. So yeah, it's it's great to be on and uh, look forward to having you on our podcast in the in the very near future. Yes, we are going to do that soon. And thank you. You know, it's so cool the the power of the podcasting world, right? And yes, it's it's so neat when you are able to make that impact on somebody's life and then they reach out. So guys, we encourage you reach out to us. Let us know you tuned in today. Thank you for being here. We wish you so much divine purpose and love on your journeys and continue to believe in yourself because that is the number one thing you need in this life to be successful. All right. Until next time. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the family business podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join our growing family and begin implementing the success principles to building a financial wall around your family, you can go to thefamilybusiness.info forward slash call and you can schedule a call with us because we have saved a spot at the table for you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your family and the people that you care about. And we would love it if you would take a second to give us a five-star review to help future family members just like you find us. I leave you with this. In life, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you believe, plan, and expect. Let's do this.